This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Hello, Merry Christmas. Uh, we had a great Christmas party. The Newsmax team, I was a hit, quite frankly, came in at exactly the right time, at exactly the right time in exactly the right way. It's one of those parties I was kind of freaked out about. I don't know if I want to go. I just, oh, gosh, and I don't feel that good. And I mean, not good, like I didn't have COVID or anything, but... As usual, um, I uh, did a little stress eating yesterday and uh, pounded down some Nutrigrain bars. When the hell do you eat Nutrigrain bars? I mean, I uh, whatever I did, uh, they were free, so I had about uh, a half a box. <laughs> yeah, half a box, and uh, I stopped. Right, exactly halfway in. And so I didn't feel like going, but I got there at exactly the right time uh, when they were given speeches. Uh, I got a nice round of applause. I gave a round of applause to the great people who run that place. And, uh, hey, why is uh, Letitia James not running for governor? It's actually the smartest thing she ever did to quit this race. She is not a smart woman. She is a big dummy. Getting out of this race at this time. How long was she running for governor? Two weeks? Nobody knew. Nobody cared. They didn't even give her credit for taking down Governor Cuomo because um, everybody knows that there are forces at work far bigger, far more complex than uh, Letitia James can comprehend. The When you saw that Christmas tree on fire, it was like, oh, it was horrible, of course. And I think it was a hate crime. And uh, you think, okay, ooh, they got the guy. That guy's in big trouble. You know, ooh, when's that guy going to see the light of day? You know, yeah, who knows? Well, I think I saw him at McDonald's today. Uh, he's out and about walking around. Uh, didn't even have to post bail. He's uh, he's free. He is free. Uh, these are only allegations, and he's a free man, and we want to avoid anything that uh, stinks of uh, systemic racism, uh, whatever that is. And uh, he is out and about. Um, that's fine. That's crazy. And the other crime, <laughs> a serious crime like that, that's a serious allegation. You stay in jail for a little while, all right, especially a nut job like this guy. So uh, that is essentially not against the law anymore. And now in New York City, it looks like they're doing this. They've been screwing around with it for a long time. Uh, let's see. How does the fake news report it? New York City, long a beacon for immigrants, is on the cusp of becoming the largest one of the largest places in the country to give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Wow. Uh, now, legally documented, that means you got to have a, uh, I guess, a green card. Voting age non-citizens, uh, there are about mm, 800,000 of them here, and they will be able to vote in uh, elections to pick mayor, city council members, and other municipal office holders. You know, the radical left, they want this to happen on the federal level as well. What's stopping them? I mean, this is radical in and of itself. Why not? Why not go a little bit further? I think they will. I think they'll try. And um, 
with people like this in power. Who know you? You don't know who this is. Her name is Rachel uh, Rollins. Yeah, Rollins. She is the new U.S. Attorney of Massachusetts, a certifiable nut job. She was a district attorney locally in some county. No big deal, you know, but a big deal at the same time. You know, not exactly household name famous, but she's a public servant. She's like Cy Vance in Boston, all right? Um, You know, you don't live, eat, and breathe Cy Vance, but he's on the news every now and then, and she's on the news every now and then. Anyway, um, she got into a shouting match with some person, and it was newsworthy. So the reporters went to go talk to her at her house. Happens. It happens when you're in uh, public life. Happens sometimes when you're in private life. Reporters show up at your house. No big deal. you got to listen. Now, again, this is the Biden administration's pick for top prosecutor in all of Massachusetts. Significant place. Okay, listen to this. My kids are inside. Can we speak to you for one second, Miss Rollins? You, you're in front of my house with we, my we, children? We literally just pulled up here. Yeah, but how do you know where I live? Oh, it's public record, ma'am. Right, okay. That's unbelievable. We're not stopping you at all. Yeah, but my kids are inside. Oh, we never even knocked the door. We were just parking here trying to figure out where we were going, and someone said we saw you here. Yeah, okay. Thanks. We just happened to see you. Yeah. We did. No, I'm going to please make sure that you're in front of my house with my children inside. And you're going to put this on oh, here. This is your house. I'm yeah, sorry. so as a black woman in this moment in this country, you're going to put my house on the screen? No, 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 ma'am. We're just here approaching you to ask you a question. Get away from my family. Speak to me at my job. If I get hurt or harmed because of this, you are on the record for that. Or my kids are, are killed. Listen. Who do you think you are? Get this is private property. Okay, get out of here. Get out. And you know what I'll do? I'll call the police on you and make an allegation. Okay. And we'll see how that works okay. with you. Absolutely. So the rantings of a white woman get you here and scare my children. No, no, no. Get no. off of our private property. We're here and I swear to God, I'm dead it. serious. We're I will find your name. You. you can ask me somewhere else. Do not have a camera in front of my house. I can give you my name. Get her. I'm get them out of here. This is the what Boston police. I will have you arrested. I swear to God. My children are going to be hurt. Yeah. By you. We're just here to ask a question. We didn't even know where you live. Get away from my house. I'm serious. Please. Please. Okay, we're, we're going to step away. Thank you. All right. Okay. Out of respect. Welcome to the Biden administration. Yeah, let's promote that person. That's Rachel Rollins. A viral video like that in a sane world would torpedo any nomination for any serious job. But Rachel Rollins. Uh, the crazy lady was just confirmed. By the way, she seems to have an issue with white women, with black women. I've seen the tape. I think she's black. I can't really tell for sure. Uh, I think she's black, but she doesn't seem to like the black woman. She doesn't like the white woman. Uh, the reporter, very courteous, totally professional, happens to be black. Uh, and she's, I, I, I get, you as a black woman doing this, she was accusing her of somehow being disrespectful, that it was undermining other black women. Totally, totally wild. you got to see it. It's fun to watch, quite frankly. I would be worried about those kids. And they're in a parking lot. This is like a, uh, a condominium complex, you know, in the suburbs. Everybody parks, and you got like the like townhouses that are connected. So uh, that is very amusing to watch. At Greg Kelly USA, you can watch the whole thing. What do you want to say about Bob Dole? Um, he's gone. He's gone. And there's nothing we can do about it. No, rest in peace, Bob Dole. 
Uh, great guy, war hero, of course. Uh, the fake news uh, celebrating him, uh, forgetting about all the times they called him a horrible racist, a nasty, the worst of the worst. Uh, you, you should see the treatment of him uh, when he ran for president in 1988. You know, he ran for the nomination. He lost to George H.W. Bush. And, uh, wow, they hounded him and hounded him and hounded him. That book, what's it called that the fake news loves so much? What It Takes. It's a big book about politics. They love this book, What It Takes, by some guy named Kramer. And it's just a great, big, long, nasty tweet. And they portray uh, Bob Dole as a kind of a two-faced uh, guy. And anyway, the same fake news is uh, treating him like a saint right now. Joe Biden gave a eulogy, about 20%, I would say. Maybe 30% was about Joe Biden. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Uh, here's the eulogy from the uh, the service today. Uh, cut 47, Joe Biden. He did have great wit. They once asked him why in God's name did he vote to continue to fund Amtrak. He said because if he didn't, Biden would stay overnight and cause more trouble. I commuted every day. <laughs> True story. He was the deciding vote. How about that forced laughter? That was just like, okay, I know. It's that old joke. We have to laugh right now. (laughs) Um, Did it get any better? Uh, Cut 48. Bob and I, like many of us today, we disagreed on a number of things, but not on any of the fundamental things. We still found a way to work together. We genuinely... We genuinely respected one another as colleagues and as fellow Americans. It was real. It wasn't fake. He's always saying, like, things that are real, not fake. Honest to God, this time, it's true. True story. True story. Not hyperbole. True story. Uh, Not making this up. That means most of the time he's making it up. Most of the time he is. Most of the time it's nonsense. And how much respect did war hero, majority leader of the United States Senate, uh, Bob Dole really have for Joe Biden, and he's saying we had so much so much respect for each. I I, I don't think it was mutual, Joe. Sorry. Be right back. Talk Radio seventy seven. WABC. This is Greg Kelly on seventy seven WABC. Uh, what's our number again? 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. My new baby is a superstar on social media. Uh, she, I got this picture of her. Wow. She is only, what is she now? Six days old. Six days old. And her eyes are open. Her face is very, very expressive. Um, and she's so alert. It's kind of amazing to watch. Our name is Madeline. She's sleeping in the bedroom right there with mommy and daddy. Uh, wakes up a couple of times a night. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's all according to plan. Uh, the her big sister is mm, I would say leery is the right word. Not hostile, just mm, a little standoffish, a little uh, leery, leery. Mm. And if I try to get her to, you know. Uh, get up close and maybe hold the baby she'll shake and say i don't like which i think she's trying to say she doesn't like but i was expecting to see all kinds of tears and all kinds of problems so far so good so far so good it's pretty amazing uh do you realize 
that the Biden administration actually believes they're being covered um, by reporters more harshly than those same reporters covered Donald Trump. It's totally ludicrous that Joe Biden is receiving worse coverage than Donald Trump. I mean, but they're saying this with a straight face. Here's a fake news favorite. His name is Dana Milbank. His name is Dana. Uh, Cut one. The last four months, however, uh, Biden has been uh, at where Donald Trump was or lower than where Donald Trump is in terms of media sentiment. I mean, it's not bias. It's the actual words we're using. So uh, we are as negative as a collective media uh, on Joe Biden, if not more so than we were to Donald Trump at a time when he was trying to overthrow democracy. And I think that's a tremendous indictment of our whole industry. You know, it's not uh, foolproof, but it gives a pretty good number, and we never had such a number before. Uh, your 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 insanity is evident right in what you just said. Okay, Donald Trump was trying to overthrow democracy. Now, no one's saying that, that, that which is not true. No one's saying that about Joe Biden. No one's calling Joe Biden a, a spy or a traitor uh, or somebody who was uh, having. Uh, urination parties with Russian prostitutes. They're not saying that. All right. But this is actually taking hold in the fake news that we've got to lighten up on Joe Biden. Cut two. I think we really need to do some soul searching and think about what it is we're delivering uh, to people. Uh, and I think the media consumer may, uh, you know, should, should look at what we're saying uh, with a grain of salt. Well, yeah, <laughs> grain of salt. Um, nobody really looks anymore. Uh, but they do. You look without actually looking. They still kind of control the air, the general sense that people have. If you're an active news consumer like we are, we know they're full of crap. But everybody else who's busy kind of primarily, you know, just not focused on this stuff and politics, and they just have this general sense of what's going on thanks to these idiots. And it's a totally warped picture. The last guy I'm told who really tried an organized campaign. Now, the Biden administration itself is reaching out to news organizations in a way, perhaps not since the Lyndon Johnson administration, trying to change the tone of the coverage. Uh, The last guy who did that at this level, I'm told, is uh, Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson was getting beaten up in the press. I mean, gosh, it was a horrible war. And uh, he was driven from office, ultimately. That does not work. It's not a... uh, It's not a winning strategy by any means. Uh, Hey, how many days until de Blasio is gone? And what is this new Adams actually going to do? What is he capable of? I'm hearing, and I would love it to be otherwise, uh, that he's not capable of much. Actually, I know that. Now, could a miracle happen? Sure. Uh, Has he said some of the right things about uh, crime and punishment? Um, Yes, but he's the kind of guy who tailors it, I believe, to whatever audience he's talking to. And uh, he does not have the administrative, political um, backbone or skill to navigate and to master this complex city. Sounds like somebody we know, uh, Bill de Blasio. This is uh, – it's going to be rough. Although then again, I don't know. Everybody just seems to be – we've talked about this before, checked out, doing their own thing. Nothing seems to matter anymore. I do miss a little bit, and I thought he would have been a decent mayor – uh, Andrew Yang, of all people. Uh, he was better than all the other n- uh, nut jobs. And uh, here, do me a favor. Just listen to this for a second. Uh, cut four, Andrew Yang. This is at a debate in June. 
The fact is, mentally ill uh, homeless men are changing the character of our neighborhoods. Uh, a woman uh, my, my wife Ellen is friends with in her mom group in Hell's Kitchen was punched in the face by a mentally ill man. Sent a picture of a bruised face around the mom group, spread like wildfire. This is happening in New York City, and we're not talking enough about it. Families are leaving as a result. In East Harlem, the neighborhood has been changed. Upper West Side, the neighborhood has been changed. We owe our people and our families better than this, and I'm frustrated by the political nature of, of these responses. I mean, we're not talking about housing affordability. We're talking about the hundreds of mentally ill people we all see around us every day on the streets and the subways. There will be no recovery until we resolve this. I will fix this, Thank New York. You. I believe him. <laughs> he was great. You know what they did, though? They picked on him. And why did they pick on him? Because he's Asian. Now, wait a second. What's that all about? That's exactly what they did. The fake news, mean boy and girl press corps felt safe picking apart every little thing about this guy while leaving Eric Adams off the hook. Why? Racial politics. They did not feel comfortable. The generally um, white press corps in New York City did not feel comfortable going after the black guy, Eric Adams. But for some reason, they felt awfully comfortable picking on the Asian guy. Um, I do believe it's anti-Asian bias in that case, really. And we're going to suffer for it. We, because we got a guy who all he knows how to do is smile. Can you believe that? The New York City press corps even knew. They even knew the guy lived in New Jersey, and they allowed it to happen. They looked the other way. Stand by. Stand by. This could get really ugly. Uh, the smash and grab robberies that are happening all over the place, uh, AOC says, no, actually, you're hallucinating. Cut six. We have to talk about the specifics because, for example, we're actually seeing a lot of uh, these allegations of organized retail theft are not actually panning out. Like when, like these, I believe it's a Walgreens in California cited it, but what they, but the data didn't back it up. So. All right, uh, we have to look into it. Remember when she said uh, people were hungry, and that's why all this stuff was happening. We have to uh, not – people just wanted bread from the grocery store. Oh, wait a second. This is the clip I've been telling you guys about. Here's Ronald Reagan at the Coast Guard. If you want to see how Joe Biden – another sad example of how Joe Biden is so lost and gone and how good we had it when Ronald Reagan was president. Yeah, I know. It's a long time ago. But listen to Reagan tell – uh, a story to the Coast Guard Academy and then listen to Joe Biden steal the speech and then try to say it and totally ruin it. Ronald Reagan first, please. And I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. It's the class's fault. It's the class's fault. Hey, I got to take a quick break. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right, John in New Jersey. John, how are you? All right, how are you doing today, sir? What's up? Oh, I, yesterday a woman called you and she she commented on your um, 
on your clip you played about rich people being Trump supporters. Yeah. But I think what Stu was getting at was that originally we were deplorables, weren't we, that were Trump supporters? And she wanted to know, how did we go from there to these rich people in banks? I mean, maybe Trump helped us out so much that we became deplorables to bank owners or bank uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just a sick observation, I think, from uh, from that uh, sick guy. Uh, I think what's-his-name was right about him. Uh, Trump was right about Joe Scarborough. Remember, he used to call him a total psycho. Psycho Joe! And what did happen with that intern in his office who dropped dead in Joe Scarborough's office? The whole thing on that is totally ridiculous. That guy lecturing us about right and wrong, and he's sitting, forgive me, right next to his mistress that he met at work. They both left their spouses, and now they're co-anchoring a show in front of everybody. This kind of behavior, which happens, but it's not to be celebrated, it's not to be endorsed, and it's in our face. And Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, boy, oh boy, just sitting there making their fat money, how much do they make? Does anybody want, because it may be a totally irrelevant show to us, but the swamp loves it. The swamp loves it. Thank you, Lou in uh, Brooklyn. What's up? How are you, Greg? Congratulations on your uh, blessed event. Thanks. I wanted to uh, put that wasn't so blessed. I didn't feel that that didn't sound like I was so blessed. Uh, no, thank you very much. It is an amazing uh, moment. What's going you, uh, on? You brought up Dana Milbank's column. Yeah, for the guy who counts up the number of uh, adjectives. I just wanted to point out that uh, as of uh, two days ago, he had written uh, his latest column has the first line of, I'm old enough to remember when Republican leaders still had souls. And the, the heading of the article, the, the, the name of the, the article is GOP leaders tolerate the worst in humankind. This is what Dana Milbach is. The guy's such a hack, he should sit down in front of his word processor with a butcher's apron on. With a butcher's apron on, huh? Yeah. Uh, hey, Lou, what else is going on? Where are you in Brooklyn? I'm in Gravesend, which is in between Bensonhurst and Coney Island. Yeah, you know, the neighborhoods in New York City, I know I've heard of those. Of course, we've heard of those. Have you ever heard of Oakland Gardens? Yes, but, I, but uh, it's in Queens. not recently. It's it's a neighborhood. There are people who have been here their, their entire lives who have never heard of certain New York neighborhoods. Have you ever heard of Vinegar Hill? No. Yeah, Vinegar Hill is a neighborhood. I mean, I'm not. I'm not making like I didn't hear about it until recently. There are these. No, listen, Greg. Yeah. Years ago, when you go back 30, 40 years, New York City was a city of neighborhoods. It isn't any longer, but it used to be a city of neighborhoods where families would be here for generations. Uh, sadly, that's no longer the case. Uh, I don't know if it's sad or not sad. I mean, it's life. You know. I mean, I don't know. Right. Right? What's what's so sad about it? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, there was always turnover. There was always a lot of turnover. You know, I mean, true immigrants. Yeah, there was much more turnover the last thirty, forty years when real estate went through the roof. If you go back fifty, sixty, seventy years, you're going to see that. Look, look at any Scorsese movie. He'll tell you himself. He, he, he yeah, the good old days when you get... from one part of Italy lived in one building, people from another part of Italy lived in another building, and nobody nobody mixed, nobody mixed, and nobody moved. Yeah, I don't know if that was a. I don't know if that, I don't know if that was particularly a good thing. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No, no, people got stabbed, and well, that still happens. All right, hey, thank you, uh, Mike. One more in Wayne, New Jersey. Yes, sir. Hey, Joe, that's the Democrats' motto. You know, do as I say, not as I do. Every one of them. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's go back to days where you could watch uh, Blazing Saddles, where you could choke around with each other, and all these woke butts don't get hurt. Uh, Blazing Saddles. Burt Reynolds in that? What was the big deal about Blazing Saddles? Nobody remembers. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, Dante Wright, you know about this uh, situation? Dante Wright was shot by that cop, Kim Potter, uh, a couple of months ago. Kim Potter pulled her gun when she wanted to pull her stun gun. She's being charged with criminally negligent homicide and a lot of other things. It's a cop. She made a mistake. I'm not saying she should not... uh, be punished in some way. I'm sorry she's going through this. I'm sorry Dante Wright was killed, uh, but I'm also sorry that Dante Wright ran away from the cops. Dante Wright did that, and Dante Wright was not a very good dude. Listen to this. Cut 10. Everybody feels so horrible for this man, but no one takes the time to see how horrible of a person he was. There's something about him where it's like, You look into his eyes, and it's so evil. Yikes. And here's another one. Cut 12. I had to stay with my mom. Like, I did not feel safe at my apartment because I felt like someone was going to kill me while I was sleeping. And when I was there, I had to keep a knife on me. And so it's like, it's just, I I hate, like, I hate, I hate having to, like, to fear that, like, I don't know if anybody's, like, waiting for me to, like, be alone to hurt me because of what happened to him. Well, listen, I I wish he was not shot and killed. I also wish he didn't run away from the cops, and I wish also that he didn't do all those bad things. Uh, this story is not as big as they wanted it to be initially, maybe because they're finding all this stuff about Dante Wright. Lydia Serrani joins me once again. Hello, Lydia. Hello, Greg. Keep it keeping an eye on on this yes i'm keeping an eye on this case and if you look at what cnn's reporting in the new york times of course they're trying to blow it up into you know white cop kills a black kid you know to fit their narrative as well, usual. is it is it is it is it is it on the rise or is it kind of i to me it looks like they're kind of uh they've moved on i i don't see it as all that i just big. saw it on their website cnn's they had it as the top story and they had a woman crying emotional outbursts over dante wright and what they're going through the family they're suffering and well again he should not have uh he should not have died what do you think of eric adams i know what you, how you feel about eric adams uh, you think <laughs> how do you I don't know. I don't know. I hope he's a man of his word. I hope everything he's saying, but I'm a little, I'm concerned. Of course I'm concerned because he, how many times have we heard a politician come in saying they're going to do X, Y, and Z, and it turns out to be not the case? Well, the thing about him is, uh, you know, his, his word, even if he is a man of his word, I don't think he can make good on his word. He does not have the ability to follow through. He's just a guy. He's just a guy who got himself elected in a non-competitive district in Brooklyn, uh, state senator, and then he got himself – I think he was unopposed when he ran for Brooklyn Borough president. That's not even a job. You know? Right, right. I mean, it's just not even a job. It doesn't count. What I did think- you think of that meeting that he had with Black Lives Matter? Remember, they secretly recorded it, that guy that – Yeah, it shouldn't have taken the meeting. 
I mean, I would you know, that that guy is. A, everybody knows that guy's a nut job. So what's he doing, wasting his time with these guys? Anybody, anyway. I, you know, look. Uh, he, at the end there, he reacted like anybody would. You know, hey, uh, get over yourselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> they 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 stepped out of line. That group, and I guess he called them on it. That's fine. But I just, uh, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried. Uh, what do you think about Black Lives Matter calling for a boycott of white-owned businesses, saying that it's about capitalism? And and meanwhile, Nike's a white-owned business and all these other corporations that donate to Black Lives Matter. So are they biting the hand that feeds them? I would want to know. Yeah, really. I mean, how do you know what's a black-owned business and what's a white-owned business? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. How's the kid, Lydia? She is wonderful. She just like, but she she's at four. She's four years old. What your daughter's two, right? Two, the older one, the baby, yeah, five days old. So she's four and she loves her mommy. She wants to be with me all the time. She wants me to lay down with her. She thinks daddy's a superhero. It's an awesome time, four years old. And uh, I guess that's going to wear off someday, right? Well, yeah. I tell my husband I'm going to soak all of this up because when she turns, probably when I did about fifteen, sixteen, I hated my mom, and now I love my mom. But yeah, we what go, happened at fifteen and sixteen? I don't know. I guess puberty hit. I kind of was a late bloomer. I don't know. She wanted to control me more. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to do this and that, and she wanted me to stay home. When we're sixteen and fifteen and fourteen, our friends become so important. I know. What I, is that? I remember when I first made like a friend, and it was it was like the ultimate. It was just a great feeling that I had like that I had a friend. Outside the family, I wanted nothing to do with my family for a little while. Yeah, I, what I, is that? I think it's, I think it's quite frankly a survival mechanism. Somehow we're programmed to know that we have to leave the family fold at some point, and it's a, uh, we are somehow. That's like that's a genetically like programmed. Genetically programmed, and the joy, the, the the pleasure we get from it is there because, yes, we ultimately will have to leave the family, and this is like saying it's a push. It's a push outside the family because you're supposed to leave the family in a way. Right, because it always happens kind of on that precipice of becoming an adult. So that's very interesting. I do think it, there is some sort of brain hormonal chemical change that goes on. Yeah, because, I mean, really, and then you, you become friends with the group and you do what the group does. And the group doesn't always do good things. Like when I got to college, I noticed uh, – I noticed this primarily among the girls more than the guys. But the girls, uh, you know, well, I don't – they all gain weight together. They all kind of let themselves go. Mm. Guys started drinking a lot. Like they started mm. doing things I don't think they would have done as individuals. But you're, they did it as a group. You're right. It's kind of like this kind of – this pack mentality. A herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. And then – uh College, I don't know. I didn't thrive in college. I didn't. I didn't. Did you? I thrived in college, and my junior year of high school was difficult for me. But in college, I did well. But I, my, most of my friends, they just wanted to party and have a good time. I wanted to focus on my studies. But, you know, yeah. every kid is different, you know? I stabbed a guy in sixth grade. Really? With yeah. what? A pencil? My brother. Oh, with, okay. With a, with a paintbrush. <laughs> just, but... Uh, no, it was uh, – There was a girl – this is really bad. When I was – sixth grade – was it sixth grade? This girl, Edith Santiago, we had our desks all up on each other and she had long hair down past her butt and it was really, really curly. And she would have it all over my desk and this kid, Brian McLaughlin, gave me a lighter 
and I tried to, and I almost lit her hair on fire because I was so upset that she was constantly, I know I was bad. She constantly was putting her hair all over my desk. Like I couldn't even do my work. Wow. If that got, if that hair caught on fire, you would have gone to juvenile delinquent home and you're, you, you wouldn't be here right now. I know, but this is the kind of stuff I remember this kid named Joseph Noon. They hung him outside of the window. Like there was stuff that went on in middle school. Yes. We, they like were threatening to put him out the window. Don't you remember? Did you go to reform school? Was no, it reform? I went to Catholic school, but like, Kids were, you know, the nuns. I remember Sister Michael Marie. She was like choking a kid with his tie. There was some stuff that went on. But like nowadays, it'd be like, oh, my God. But back then, you know, things happened. Uh, Did did you grow up in the 1940s? (laughs) This doesn't sound right. They they hanged some kid out the window? They were pushing him. They were threatening. He got bullied. He got bullied pretty badly. Poor Joey Noon. And you're saying a a nun choked a kid to death? Not to death. She was grabbing him by his tie. Hey, mister. She'd go, mister, mister. That's what she would say. And she'd put him up. I was a teacher's pet, though. But I remember... Yeah. All right. Hey, we just played the nasty stuff uh, from the Dante Wright trial, and I think they're playing the he's a good boy stuff. Can you go to that, please, on MS? Uh, see what you can do. Well, uh, are we having a Are you getting any sleep? I, I wake up a couple of times at night, you know, okay. but it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. It's it's totally manageable. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, I'm glad it finally happened. Two kids. Oh, you went to the Christmas party last night at Newsmax, right? Yeah, I did. I did. How was it? I got there at exactly the right time. I got there like when it was starting. I walked right in as they were starting the speeches, right next to the guy who was giving the speech. Listen to this. Hold on. Execution. Shaquille Brewster has been following this trial force. He's outside the Hennepin County Courthouse. And Shaq, I think we expected today to be emotional, and it sounds like it was. That's exactly right, Chuck. We heard from five witnesses already today. Court is in a lunch break right now, but the most emotional was a woman who was dating Dante right at the time and who was a passenger in the vehicle. And she gave us unique insight on what that happened and what that process looked like, beginning with when officers asked him to pull the car over. She said the normally happy and positive Dante Wright became nervous and a little bit flustered as he was asked about his insurance and for his license. And she mentioned how the situation escalated extremely quickly from the gunshot to the car then going down the road and then a crash that happened at the other end of the street. And to the effect, that was what the rest of the testimony was focused on, that crash scene there. Seemingly- All right. All right. Nice guy. Beautiful guy. Ran away from the cops. And probably one of the reasons why he ran away from the cops is this fake news hysteria about police. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. How about that? Letitia James already quit the race for governor. Already quit the race for governor. How long was she running? Two days? I, it just, it's, uh, she's not a smart woman. She's the one who came up with that phony baloney report on Andrew Cuomo, uh, sexual predator. All this time he was a sexual predator. All right. Which the guy's been around for 50 years. All right. He's been a sexual predator. We just found out about that. I mean, it is a total made up fabrication hit job. And this dumb woman went along with it, all right? She's being used. I'm still trying to figure out who's pulling her strings, um, but she's being used, used in a big way. Dropping out in the, of the governor. When's the election? Next year, right? I mean, why would she, why would she get in? Why would she drop out? I hear, oh, she's, she wants to depose Donald Trump under oath. She campaigned for attorney general saying she was going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to prosecute him. I'm going to hound him. I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to hurt him. I heard a rumor, actually, that she said she designed this report, this 
AG's report on Andrew Cuomo. Ultimately, she did not want to hurt him. I think that meant she did not want to put him in legal jeopardy, which it really didn't. It really didn't. Oh, by the way, remember he was indicted? He was actually not indicted. Uh, that that weirdo sheriff up in Albany uh, issued an arrest warrant before he called the DA. Something is very, very wrong here. Something's very, very wrong here. Um, very wrong indeed. All right, one more time. I got to say goodbye to um, Bob Dole. Bob Dole. And in the good old days, how did it work? Joe Biden spoke at his... Uh, it wasn't quite a funeral. Uh, lying in state, what was it? Anyway, cut 48. Many of us here, we disagreed on you. a number of things, but not on any of the fundamental things. We still found a way to work together. We genuinely, we genuinely respected one another as colleagues, and as fellow Americans. It was real. It wasn't fake. Uh, real and not fake. Two career politicians being real and not fake. I don't know about that. I don't know. Is this real, by the way? We're going to let illegals, well, non-residents vote in New York City. Yes, we are. New York City, long a beacon for immigrants, is on the cusp of becoming the largest place in the country to give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Um, By the way, there's a great big fat typo. In this Associated Press story, the Associated Press, they made a great big fat mistake. I see that all the time. I see it all the time where you used to never see it. I see it in books now, spelling errors, errors in basic fact, uh, just all the time. And you know why? Because we're all looking at this stupid phone, although it's beautiful too. I don't know what i do without mine. But and, and taking our eye off the ball. All anybody really wants to do is, uh, seems like, look at pictures all day long. Take pictures, look at pictures. Taking pictures is now the dumbest thing in the world. I said the other day, I said um, to the folks, I said, I'll try to take some pictures of my baby. And they're like, try to take some pictures of your baby? I mean, what, 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 what's the try? And I figured it out. Why did I say I'll, I'm going to try to take some pictures? Because I grew up in a time when a picture was special, all right? You only you had to go and buy film. Remember that? And you put it in your camera. And then you only had so many pictures. You had maybe 12 pictures or 18 pictures or 24 pictures or maybe 36 pictures. So you had to be very careful and selective with what you actually took. And by the way, it cost money to develop those pictures. And then you had to wait. So it was an investment. You know, try to take some pictures because you'd have to get the film. You'd have to get the camera. You'd have to really. Now we just shoot them off in a million. I saw something the other day. The average teen girl sees 837 pictures every 10 minutes. That's how fast they scroll and swipe and look away. Just something strange. Something Darwinian is happening. Legally documented voting age non-citizens comprise nearly one in nine of the city's seven million voting age inhabitants. Under a bill nearing approval, some 800,000 non-citizens would be allowed to cast ballots in elections to pick the mayor, city council members, and other municipal office holders. Non-citizens would not be able to vote for president or members of Congress in federal races or in state elections that pick the governor judges and legislators well what the hell makes new york city so special what makes new york city so special is that kooky unbelievably woke out of control 
stupid city council we've got. Little stands in the way of the effort becoming law. The measure has broad support within that city council. Maybe I should run for that city council, which is expected to ratify the proposal uh, today. Mayor Bill de Blasio has raised. Huh, how about this? Mayor de Blasio has raised concerns about the wisdom and legality of the legislation, but said he won't veto it. Well, there's leadership for you. Uh, the law would give an electoral voice to the many New Yorkers who love the city and have made it their permanent home but can't easily become U.S. citizens or would rather remain citizens of their home nations for various reasons. Is this the, it's the Associated Press that I'm just reading from. That's the Associated Press. The law would give an electoral voice to the many New Yorkers who love the city. Why does he know they love the city? What kind of stupid it... It would also cover dreamers like Eva Santos, 32, who was brought to the U.S. by her parents at age 11 as an unauthorized immigrant, but wasn't able to vote like her friends or go to college when she turned 18. It was really hard for me to see how my other friends were able to make decisions for their future, and I couldn't, said Santos, now a community organizer. (laughs) There's a career for you. Um, Why can't you go to college, by the way? All kinds of illegal non-citizens in college. What's that all about? And so in certain places, they'll pay your tuition. They would prefer it if you weren't a citizen. More than a dozen communities across the United States currently allow non-citizens to vote, including 11 towns in Maryland and two in Vermont. San Francisco, through a ballot initiative ratified by voters in 2016, began allowing non-citizens to vote in school board elections. The move in a Democrat-controlled New York City is a counterpoint to restrictions being enacted in some states, where Republicans have espoused unsupported claims of rampant fraud by non-citizens in federal election. You see, it's baseless. Baseless. There's no evidence uh, except this evidence. Oh, but that's uh, that's been debunked. Oh, no, it's not been debunked. Well, it's been um, uh, misinformation, disinformation, right? Right, right. It's always, always got something to say about that stuff. Uh, Oh, and speaking of that stuff, Kamala Harris clearly has a drug problem or a drinking problem, maybe both. Common sense tells you that. And very high sources in the intelligence community tell me that. Tell me that. It's amazing. I pointed this out. Number one, I heard it. Number one, I see it. And I get attacked by the fake news, that mediaite and everybody else, everybody else who reads them and cares about them. Gossip sheet. Nothing more than they want is a pat on the head from mediaite. Not me. I can't stand. This is a badge of honor. You know who they gave the award to? They gave me a great big fat demerit. They gave an award to Yamish Alcinder. Yamish Alcinder. She's the one who got up and called Trump a racist to his face. All right, that kind of stuff. That kind of virtue signaling crap that the fake news loves. Now, what is up with Mark Meadows? Is this book out yet? Uh, I, I like the guy. I thought he had a really good thing going with uh, with uh, with POTUS, but he seems to be screwing it up. And I don't know if this book was a very good idea. All right. Jen Psaki just took the podium. I always like to tune in just for a little bit until, wait a second, 
she, some nerd is taking her place. Who's this guy? Uh, oh, Jared or Jake Burns, somebody or other. Uh, he's the economics guy. He's, uh, who is this? Oh, they're talking about the Ukrainian phone call. They're talking about the call with Ukraine. Why is it such a big deal? Let me listen to this, please. You can just let me know if we got it or not, right? Okay. See, Director Brian Deese, I was just going to give some brief opening remarks. He'll take for an hour before the election. So uh, he'll be sworn in uh, in a couple of weeks, and we're very helpful. You got the okay. wrong channel right. again so there. So we're about to hear from this White House, Brian Deese, uh, a, a job you know well there, uh, advising the president on the economy. Um, and they are touting the drop in the jobless claims to the lowest since 1969. Before we dip in here, what do you think? I mean, Ron Klain, chief of staff, they're saying that... The general public and the, and the media are not acknowledging just how strong this Biden economy is. Your reaction? Well, I, I don't know that that's true. I mean, first of all, he's correct about the uh, uh, unemployment claims. Yeah. It's only 184,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a really super low number. And continuing claims are down. The insured unemployment rate is one and a half percent. So you're pretty much close to at full employment it's a very tight labor market. Uh, wages are going up. I'm fine with that as long as productivity is. So that, I would argue with 6% inflation and 184,000 unemployment claims, first-time claims, why do we need 4 or $5 trillion of new spending? That's exactly what Joe Manchin was saying at the Wall Street Journal CEO conference two days ago. All right, good point. That. Larry Kudlow, that's Larry Kudlow. He was the... Uh, chief economic advisor to Donald Trump. He was absolutely fantastic. Still waiting for that guy. Um, George in Pearl River. Hi, George. How you doing, Greg? Congratulations on your newborn. Thank you. Uh, I just a comment on Adams. You know, he may be a little better, maybe, but you know what? That guy's only interested in rolling big fat joints. What'd you say about a big fat joint? That's all he's interested in. He goes to smoke big fat joints with the like the Blasio. They get high. They don't care. They're all the same Democrats. Uh, can you go a little bit deeper with that, George? I mean, well, you know. it's uh, you know, keep America high, keep America stupid, and just do it, and they just carry their agenda more or less. Yeah, the, the Democrats are more. They're all in the one and the same. All right, they're George. All, they're, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're me, all, me they're too. They're all strange. Uh, they're all strange. They don't care about nothing. Okay, George, thanks a lot. Uh, so, uh, well, I got to say this for George. Uh, he and we and you know that uh, Eric Adams did pass a joint. He passed a joint on television to um, Stephen Colbert. I'll give this for de Blasio. At least he was smoking the weed in private on his little porch or in his car or when he walks through that park or the cemetery. He was doing it uh, on his own, trying to trying to keep a low profile uh, where this guy is token and joking right there on television, right there on television. Uh, Carol in New Jersey. Hello. Hi there, Greg. How are you? I, I still don't understand how Eric Adams is able to run for mayor of New York when he was living in Fort Lee, and it was verified by a number of people. I live in New Jersey. Why didn't he run for mayor of Fort Lee? 
And it's incredible that he got away with it. It's incredible it's that he got it. Now, look, his legal residence was that place in Brooklyn, that basement apartment well, weirdo arrangement that he had. That was, yeah, I know. But the fact that he was living with his girlfriend, commuting to the city, um, day in and day out, and he got away with it is incredible. I do believe it is the primarily white media in New York, and it is mostly yeah. white, um, yeah. intimidated, mm-hmm. reluctant to challenge a black man. Um, those who lean left, and if they are left and white, oh boy, that makes them very uncomfortable, and they won't do it. They won't do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, indeed. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. I'm looking at that burning Christmas tree, and I still can't believe the guy is already out. Not He did not even have to post money, bail. Just walk the hell out. Isn't that something? Hey, who remembers the... Uh, what was that reality show? Josh and Kate plus eight, 19 t- kids and counting. Remember that? Uh, it was a big show. Josh and Kate plus eight, right? That was the name of it. Uh, Josh Dugar and his wife, Anna. Uh, well, anyway, this guy's going away for a long time. Ex-reality TV star Josh Dugar found guilty in child pornography trial. Josh Dugar is staring down up to 40 years in prison after an Arkansas jury on Thursday found him guilty of receiving and possessing child porn. Dugar, 33, was found guilty on one count each of receiving and possessing child pornography. He could face up to 20 years behind bars and fines of up to $250,000 for each count. The jury reached its verdict after seven hours of deliberation following a six-day trial. TLC, they canceled the Dugar show, 19 Kids and Counting, after reports surfaced that Josh Dugar had molested five girls. I didn't hear about that part, including his sisters when he was a minor. TLC then canceled a spinoff after Dugar was arrested over child porn in April of this year. The defense argued that someone else had downloaded the child porn that was discovered on Dugar's work computer his attorney justin gilfand uh went you know what i think i know that guy justin gilfand i think he was in the marine corps with me how many justin gilfands are there i remember this guy they all said he was going to go to law school and he did now he's representing this guy anyway his attorney i can't believe it justin gil i haven't talked to i haven't thought of that guy in 24 years uh, his attorney, Justin Gilfan, went as far as calling the case a classic, old-fashioned whodunit. During the trial, a friend of Dugar of the Dugar family said that Josh had discussed downloading software to up the privacy of his computer. He ultimately installed a password-protected partition on his hard drive that he used to download porn on his desktop computer at his used car lot where he worked. Uh, yikes. Uh, that's, wow, 40 years. Hey, you know who went down for this stuff? I guess a lot of people, but remember, uh, who was the guy, you know, he used to be fat, now he's just ugly, uh, the diet guy, uh, what the hell was that guy's name, um, from Subway, uh, Josh, uh, Jared, 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 that guy is going to be in prison for 50 years. He was doing stuff like this. 
That is hard time, and that is a very serious crime. All right. So, um, well, won't be seeing him no more. And uh, what's that from, by the way? That's Goodfellas, one of the greatest movies ever made. Gosh, I love that movie. Um, probably seen it 75 times at least. My brother knows the lyrics all by heart. It's uh, it's an incredible. A lot of guys can do that with The Godfather, by the way. I uh, I cannot. I cannot do that. All right, here we go. Rising from the ashes. The torched Fox News Christmas tree is already back. Isn't that beautiful? They already erected a new tree. That's good, good stuff. But the problem is the guy who torched it allegedly is already back walking the streets. Craig Tama Manahana, Tama something like that, is facing a slew of charges, including arson, criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, and criminal trespass. Hmm. Maybe a slew of charges, but those are all weak charges. Mischief? Trespass? What about a hate crime? Every other thing, they always uh, it's always a hate crime. Why isn't this a hate crime? Why isn't this a hate crime? Tamahana, Tama, Tamahana Mana, allegedly used a lighter and possibly accelerants to cause about $500,000 in property damage, police sources say. I think he wanted to get into the news, his father, Richard Tamahana Mana of Hawaii, told the Post. He wants attention. He added that his son has pulled destructive stunts in the past, is homeless, and has a drug problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is sad, but the fuck. Oh, he's a nut. I can't control him, he said. Mentally, he's not all there. I'm sorry, the word nut sometimes makes me laugh, you know. Uh, now he sometimes stays at hotels in Brooklyn and is known to hang out in the area, according to cops and his dad. Cops say he was busted in March for criminal possession of a controlled substance and then arrested again for allegedly assaulting a police officer in June. He also has several other low-level arrest warrants, including drug charges and criminal trespassing in Texas and Washington, D.C. Gosh, I go through a red light, I feel guilty. But Tamahana Mana, who was charged with six misdemeanors for torching the tree, may be back on the streets within hours, this is written the other day, due to lenient New York City bail reform policies and arson, according to uh, experts. And let me find the one. I can't believe. And now Mr. Tamahana Mana is already out. Already out. This is... Lewis, you're a cop, right? What do you think of that? Yes. Let me tell you something. you got to explain something to me. Uh, I heard yesterday, just after this happened, the damage was hundreds, a uh, hundred, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Isn't that felony criminal mischief? Isn't that arson? Um, if, we're not talking about misdemeanors, Greg. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand that. And moreover, moreover, the, the, the smash and grabs. They're entering a commercial establishment, putting people in fear of their lives while armed with a weapon. To me, what I know of the penal code, that's robbery. That's Am I, am I correct or am I daydreaming? No, I think, um, look, you're the cop, and the estimated estimated damage is $500,000, no $500, injuries. That, but, but that's misdemeanor. I, I don't understand that. I mean, five. there's no felony there? 
Yeah, I. Uh, I, I, I. It's beyond. I we're beyond. We're 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 nonplussed. It's overwhelming. It's just unbelievable. It, it's there's I, no explanation. I guess there is bail it, reform. But uh, yes, but they're talking about certain misdemeanors, and if if this, I, I don't know. I I'm I'm totally Well, wait a second. Hold on a second. He said, "I didn't do it. I didn't do it." Suspect Craig Tamahana Mana, 49 years old, claimed to reporters outside Manhattan Criminal Court after being asked about the early morning arson uh, that caused $500,000 worth of uh, damage. Tamahana Mana, a vagrant with a lengthy rap sheet, also went on an incoherent rant outside the courthouse. He denied the arson, hurled obscenities at reporters before asking them for a cigarette. Uh, the moms that want to rape their blanking daughters they set it on fire yelled the man who had also allegedly exposed himself outside the Ghislaine Maxwell trial last week what a guy huh the suspect was hit with a slew of misdemeanor charges we already went through that he's walking around town right now great job who thrive is doing a great thrive the uh thrive thrive nyc great job Great yeah. job. I know it's uh, it's kind of it's uh, it's we 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 had come so far and now we've taken a giant leap back to 1979. Derek is calling from Merrick. Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? Um, you know that unemployment uh, thing found by you had on before about the Biden administration saying how new unemployment claims are low. That's very misleading. If you think about what they're measuring, they're measuring. New unemployment claims. Of course it's low. Millions of Americans for the last year, year and a half, have maxed out their unemployment uh, benefits. They can't claim anymore. They're still without a job in their field, still can't pay their mortgage. That's a very misleading statement by the Biden administration. Oh, the Biden administration misleading us? I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Derek. When have they done anything like that? Hey, by the way. This whole thing, he says, God bless our troops. God protect our troops. That's what was bothering me this morning. It's muscle memory for him. God protect our troops. He said it after the Bob Dole Memorial. And this guy, you never hear about, you never even think about those troops we lost in Afghanistan. Wasn't that long ago. And all those who were wounded as well. Uh, you know, scores were wounded, and you never hear about them. I've got to fix that. Derek, thank you. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. I saw the most disturbing video from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm going to put it up on my Twitter here. You got about 50 kids having a socially distanced school lunch outdoors in the rain. You know, it's Portland. It's a crummy weather place, 50 degrees, like all the time, all year round, 49, 50 degrees. It's cloudy out. It's raining. And they're st- they're sitting on buckets, sitting on socially distanced buckets, like a bucket every 10 feet or so, a kid. And they're <laughs> masks on, taking them down to eat, take a little bite, then put the mask back up. It's unbelievable. Children, why do we pick on the kids so much? Why are they picking on the kids so much? It's you look at the video of uh, Nancy Pelosi. Remember, there's all kinds of this drinking champagne, eating caviar, literally showing off her fancy ice cream, all that stuff. And children are doing this. 
Democrat leaders are forcing it, and look at what the children have to put up with. This is heartbreaking stuff, heartbreaking stuff. In the meantime, thousands of Russian troops massed on Ukrainian border. What the hell is going to happen here? I think we know what's going to happen here. There's absolute if, – if, if Putin wants that piece of Ukraine, it looks like he can go and take it right now. We were just talking about Afghanistan. I mean that made us a hell of a lot weaker. Joe has already made it clear that we're not going to deploy troops. That's out of the question. And uh, what's to stop him? What's to stop Vladimir Putin? I think if he does that, he'll be he'll be a guaranteed superpower. And if she goes into Taiwan, and I think they want to, this is the time. You know, Donald Trump may be back. They can't pull. They won't be able to pull this off with Trump in office. They know that. This is an, a fascinating opportunity they have with a. Intellectually weak, physically weak, politically weak, Joe Biden. They'll never have a weaker leader, I hope, ever like this. Certainly, this is the weakest we've ever seen. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter is uh, in the running, isn't he? But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Carter, maybe. But other than that, I don't know. Have you ever seen anything like this? Hey, Peter in Basking Ridge, welcome back. Hello. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Fine. Say, I know you have a lot of religious people listening to your program, and I'd like to put this out there for them. The Supreme Court is, is, is more likely to strike down the main law that excludes a religious schools from voucher programs. That means that um, the parents' rights to use their taxpayer dollars on faith-based schools. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to get this case towards down on the technicality to protect the teachers' unions. So, in other words, uh, if one parent sends their children to a secular private school, they get to use the voucher. But if another parent uh, wants to send their children to a religious private school, they don't get to use the voucher. All right. That's hey, on the bright side, they may throw out Roe v. Wade. How do you feel about that? I think that's good, too. <laughs> Me too. I do actually. Oh, it's a it's a rallying cry for the left and somehow that's become like the uh the raison d'etre of so many women, you know, supporting what they call reproductive rights. Uh so, what? Let's not beat up the Supreme Court too much. Well, why not? I mean, no, I think well, What do you mean? They're working. They're working. They're working. Yeah, well, you're the one who started it beating them up. Well, no, I said that they're looking to strike down the main law that excludes religious schools from voucher programs. Oh, then that's okay. Right? That's right. All right, so we're on a roll here with Gorsuch, with uh, Alito, with uh, who else do we got there that's good? Uh, there was yeah, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's Kavanaugh. okay. Yeah, thank goodness. And he's not, he's not afraid to... Uh, you know, he did say Roe v. Wade was settled law, but he said out loud and bold that he wouldn't mind turning that thing over just last week. I think that's fabulous. Peter, thank you for that, and I'll look, uh, I'll brush up on that. John in Brooklyn, hi. Hi, um, I'm calling because I think it's very unfair that um, non-citizens would vote because they can vote 
in their own country and then here, that would be very unfair. They would be able to control funds, uh, allot, allotments by different municipalities, and uh, that would uh, go towards their own countries. Uh, so we would be vying for those funds uh, for whatever purpose we wanted them for, our parks, our playgrounds, our streets, whatever. And um, I think it probably hasn't been done all these years because it's probably unconstitutional. It's basically very unfair to American citizens to be at the mercy of um, uh, laws and other other uh, ordinances and things like that that would be passed. Yeah, you would think it would be unconstitutional. It seems like a slam dunk unconstitutional. They're trying to find a way around it because they're only allowing this or would allow it in local elections. It's just a convoluted weirdo thing. What? Yeah, and that, well, we would still be, let's say in New York, if it happens, then anyone who comes to New York from other states would would citizens, I mean, would be subject to ordinances passed by non-citizens. And that, I don't think, is really right. Yeah, no, it's not right. It's not right. But it looks like it's going to happen. It is absurd. Give me a break. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Welcome back and welcome to Bob Brown. Bob Brown is uh, one of our newest WABC employees. He's the afternoon news anchor. And, Bob, I thought we'd have you formally on this show and and shoot the breeze a little bit I about you. I appreciate it, Greg. It's great being on with you. Bob, how long have you been in uh, radio? Do I have to tell? Please. Oh, come on. You know, um, too long, number one. I guess I go back to uh, the 80s. I think I started, I started late, believe it or not. I went on the air the first time a week after WFN went on. That was when I began my career. So figure when WFN. I don't on. know when that you know. <laughs> I don't want to Google too tough. Uh, long, long time ago, many right. years, many well, years. You ago. said you got into it late. Did you do something first? Yeah, I work in real estate. I was a driver and I was a messenger. I worked in. I was like an assistant, assistant manager. Hmm. I always knew I wanted to do since I was twelve. But I just didn't do it until I was about 30. So, uh. I was yeah. like Howard Cosell. I got into the business late. So, yeah, Howard yeah. was a Howard, lo- lawyer. Howard was a lawyer. He was a lawyer. He got into the business when he was 31. Actually, 35, I think. So, yeah, no, I was late starter in this business. But, Not that late. Uh, I was, okay, I was, I was, what was I? I was 30, I was 31. Yeah. I was 31 and went into the business. Well, I was 31 myself. But you and I have something in common, I believe, because I, my career is common, a combination of radio and TV. So my first full-time TV job was at WNY in Elmira. You were down the road at BNG, weren't you? And, no, I was at News Channel 34, Binghamton. You were in Binghamton? Yeah. Not yeah. BNG. Yeah. Third, right. That was the, that was the high-class right. station. <laughs> I was the low-rent. Uh, no, no, no. You weren't at ENY when you would talk about low-rent. So, no, Bob, a... how has the business changed? You are a radio anchor. First of all, what do you like about your job? What do I like about the job? It's something different every day. Uh, you get to tell about things that people are hearing basically for the first time. When I was reporting, you get to go to places where people normally can't go, behind the lines, behind the police lines. It's, it's exciting. You know, it goes back to when you're a kid. I grew up on Long Island in a small town. Every time the fire... What town? Uh, New Hyde Park. Yeah. And every time the firehouse bell rang that big siren i get on my bike and i'd race down to the firehouse and watch the trucks come out you try to keep up with them to go with the fire but you couldn't i think that's where it all began right you're chasing fires and really i love weather i would stay up all night listening to the weather forecasts um 
it was just something that I gravitated to at a very early age. But again, I, I went into it late. Late. Well, you say it's not late. But, well, you're you know, passionate. You're passionate. What, what what drew you to real estate and, and being a messenger? I was like a lot of people. You know, at that age, I was a little lost. Even though I knew what I wanted to do, I didn't know how to go about it. Maybe you want to call it maturity. Maybe I wasn't ready to make the commitment. I needed a job. A friend of mine worked in a real estate company, and they were looking for an, uh, an assistant manager. So I worked there for like six or seven years. One day, I... I guess maturity caught up with me. I don't know. But uh, I took my tape recorder and I went uptown and I made up a, I did a story about the um, subway fare was going up. So I asked people, what do you think of the subway fare going up? I made a tape. I sent it out to all the local radio stations and I got calls. Which one? Who, who could give you your first? WREF in Danbury, Connecticut, which is the Ridgefield market. It was my first job. And uh, I would take my vacations from my real estate company, my, my, my holidays, vacations, and I would work up there as much as I could. I worked weekends, but I also worked holidays. Took all my vacation time from the real estate company and worked up there. I got experience. You ever meet Howard Stern? No, I never met Howard Stern. Who was the uh, – give me some of the people you worked with. Shock jocks. Any of them? You mean go uh, – shock jocks? Yeah. How about oh. Imus? You ever cross paths with Imus? Yes. Yes. It? Yes. They hired me. I was working for another company that – Utilized my source. WABC utilized me through another company here. Imus was still in his last days, so I used to do the early morning reports with Norm Layden. Did he make fun of you? Uh, no. We were going live one day, and they brought me up, and for some, there was a technical problem, and I heard Imus say, Where's Bob? How come we can't hear Bob? And that was my only experience with Imus. So, <laughs> where's Bob? It counts. <laughs> that was it, his... it counts. Right. So, uh, were you married? Yes, I am. I'm married. I have a daughter, and uh, we live here in the city. And uh, it's great. The city's changed, though. It sucks. I, it's you know, it's the greatest place in the world. But I have to tell you, we live down in in uh, Chelsea, and um, after with COVID and then the riots, totally changed. My wife moved in here out of law school in the 80s and she moved down to Chelsea. Back then it was it was considered like pioneer territory. You wouldn't yeah. move down there or the graffiti. It was, it was terrible. Her friends used to say, "My god, why are you living down here?" Then 10, 20 years later it became the place to live. It's taken off. Yeah. But since COVID and since the riots, it looks like the 80s again down there. And I think things are coming back, but there's a hell of a lot of stores that are closed mm. and still closing. Some are coming back. It's going to take a while. It's going to come back and it will and everything will be great again in the city, but it's going to take years. It really is, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it looks so, that way. Your wife's a lawyer? Uh, no, she uh, works for a firm. She is a legal editor, so she... She edits law books. So what's uh, what's the news today? What's the big story? Uh, what is the big? Oh, I guess uh, Letitia James, right? I was talking with um, Lydia Serrano yeah. about that. I said, well, she's being killed in the polls, right? But I said, did, did they find anything on her, number one? And that's one question. Two, well, they want to make room because they want to block Cuomo. Is that a possibility? I don't know. To me, isn't it kind of early to bail out because the polls are a little lopsided? Most people didn't even know she was in. I think we have her saying something, right? Here's Letitia James. Now, she's not smart. That's what you have. Yeah, the key to understanding Letitia James is she's not a smart person. But go ahead. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done to compromise our values and the trust and the safety of our state and our union. Because we know here in New York, a man who succeeds by tearing others down, who gets rich off the backs of others, 
whose hateful rhetoric is poisoning our democracy, stands as an affront to all that I believe in and all that this country and state represents and someone who we must keep in check by the long arm of the law. Well, uh, look, there she is saying how political she's going to be and she's going to go after Trump. Seems so unprofessional for an attorney general to say that at the outset. I never understood why we elect attorney generals or attorneys general, whatever it goes. But uh, and it's civil too, right? It's not criminal. I think it would be civil. It would be civil. civil. But uh, no, she's uh, so biased and out of control. And I think she was used by somebody regarding this whole Cuomo thing. What do you mean stop Cuomo? You mean stopping him from uh, running for? Well, no. Lydia and I were going back and forth, and I was asking, "What do you think about all this?" And it's possibly maybe to block Cuomo. I mean, Cuomo wants to run for AG. Block him. Yeah. Right? Well, he, uh, he said so, it once. I don't think that's really a, right? a, in the cards, know. you know. Well, Bob, uh, it's good to get to know you a it's little bit. It's good to get to know I see you every day. I know. In, two ships, right? Two ships. Uh, one, one final thing. Your daughter, what is she up to? What is she up to? Well, she's a 19-year-old. She's still in school. Uh, what is she up to? She um, She's still figuring things out, I think. You know, she's, she's looking, she has as many directions she wants to choose to go into, but as many 19 year olds, she's trying to, she's trying to figure things out as far as where to go. But I, I, I think she's going to be okay. She's, uh, she's, she likes to design things. She likes to decorate. She, the, she's a great artist. So I think it's, it's something going to be in, in that field, I think, eventually. Oh, all right. So Bob. it's still young. So beautiful. Sounds like a beautiful and life. Congratulations. Thank you. Madeline. Yes, indeed. Right? That's terrific. You and your wife, really. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. All the best. It's a thrill. It's a thrill. What do you think of fatherhood? Uh, it is clarifying. I will not say, you know, some people say, like, my entire being changed when I became a father. I didn't quite feel that way. It just felt like, okay, I got up. This is beautiful. I love her. Wow. Uh, I got to get back to work. And I think I got to work even a little bit harder. That's, it just kind of clarified right. things, you know, and, and just even, uh, if I have less tolerance, less time for distraction, uh, more mission focused. Does that make sense? That and makes I think sense. Enjoy it now. Wait to the teens. What happens so, then? I can't tell. It's different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all the best, though, really. Right. I'm sure it's going to be great. Well, Bob, thank you, pal. Thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you get, it. You get, I, unfortunately, we got to go to Jen Saki, of all people. All right? Do we, uh, we, always, we always have to check in with her. It's a mandate. Once a show... And when she uh, becomes ridiculous, which usually is within about 20 seconds, we dump out. But here we go. Or following the briefing whenever it's ready. Uh, but I will uh, highlight for you that the president's intention going into this call was to provide an update for President Zelensky on his call with President Putin and underscore our support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity, uh, as Secretary Blinken did when he spoke with President Zelensky earlier this week. So this is a follow-on to that call. Uh, President Biden is also intending to, was intending to discuss his deep concerns with Russia's buildup on Ukraine's borders and his commitment to respond with strong measures in All the right, event thank you. of a Russian military. Uh, what's Biden going to actually do with those concerns? He is owned by Putin. He is owned by these guys. The fake news doesn't know it. Yeah, Putin knows it. All that business that Hunter did for all that time. All that time. Oh, gosh, we have a compromised president. It is so wild. Wait, Jeff in Bronxville. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. How you doing today, Greg? All right. What's up? Uh, hey, so was uh, Letitia James just talking about Joe Biden? 
Yeah, that'd be funny, huh? <laughs> no, she was talking about uh, this is right after I she know. was elected. Yeah. I know, uh, I know. Hey, I, this is not an attack on you or any other host personally, but one of the things that some of the listeners are concerned about is the state of the country. And what are the talk show hosts doing to fix the problem besides talking about it? I hear talk, 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 but I don't see any, you know, like... Uh, well, it is a talk. About- it is a talk show. I mean, if you're Correct. looking for action Correct. from a talk show i mean i'm sorry but this is a show and we like to i love i love hearing ideas i love ideas i love talking about them uh now there are limits to what a show can do now, if you're frustrated i mean i often ask you what are you doing when's the last time you made an appointment with your congressman you know you you could actually you're in bronxville who's your who's your congressman nita lowey's and still alive is she I don't my, listen i go to my local school board meetings there's videos of me on youtube i'm one of those not loudmouth parents but i'm frustrated i pulled my son out of school he's in seventh grade just to protect him from what's going on in our school systems i'm a single parent too so it's not easy where i live but i'm doing the best that i can do so I don't have as much influence as somebody like yourself has or some of the other talk shows on the network. Yeah, Jeff, I, 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 I know, Jeff. But look, uh, thanks for listening to the show again. Now, some yeah, of the yeah. things that I've done, I mean, look, and I've encouraged you. Uh, what is really at our disposal? All right. Letters. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know I talked about that, that writing a letter, writing a letter, actual printing it up, not an email. And by the way, they don't want you doing this. It's a pain because when you write them a letter, they have to get back to you. To open it and read it. I know. And the other thing is calling them. Now, that's another thing that they don't want you to do because, uh, well, <laughs> uh, that's a hassle oh, for them. Get uh, they, voicemail, Greg, and the calls go nowhere. No, no, no. Don't, don't you. Don't, don't, no, no. There is a way. And this is I, – I annoyed half of the United States Senate last uh, Christmas when I posted – uh, telephone numbers and email addresses yeah. for yep. key staff members on 100 U.S. senators. And they got so mad because I found, I, like you say, there's a sh- they want you to go to the general voice mailbox. Yeah. I found a way to not do that. So, look, there's plenty of ways for citizen engagement, uh, but I'm not a United States senator. I'm not a member of Congress. No, I know. So, uh, I know. you know, all right. Anything else, Jeff? Thanks, Greg. No, that's All right. Take it easy. Help, you bet. Bye. Alfred in Westchester, then I got to go. What's up? Hi, Greg. How are you? Um, I, I just want to thank you for your service and all that. And my father was a World War II Marine. Wanted to let you know that. And my brother was a Vietnam Marine. So I thank you for your service. I respect, you know, former Marines. And, thank you. Well, thank you. What's well, uh, what's uh, What else? Well, the country is going in an absurd direction. We definitely know that. And, and, and I would be very happy if they overturned Roe versus Wade. You know, I mean, I mean, from a moral, from a moral perspective, you know, and maybe that would follow suit with everything else that's going on in this country that's just crazy and out of control. You know, maybe becoming a father is, uh, has, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say galvanize me or something like that. But, uh, you know, this law in Mississippi, they're talking about making abortion illegal after 15 weeks. And then I looked it up and I looked what a 15 week old fetus looks like. I can't believe it's 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 legal now. It just seems totally crazy that 
little baby can open its hands, it has eyes, it can feel pain. Of course, it should be illegal to eliminate that life. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you on New... Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.